Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, the podcast channel created by the Outstanding Society to share and celebrate best practice whilst raising the profile of the social care sector. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company and membership is free to all, not just those who have achieved an outstanding rating. If you would like to join, please visit our website or follow the links in this episode. Sustainability. This is an important topic for us all in social care. But what does this all mean? Where do we start? And what would CQC be looking for? Zoe is joined by John Rastrick, founder and CEO of Flotilla, a climate technology platform, and fellow OS director James Rycroft, managing director of Vida Healthcare. Welcome to this episode of Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. I'm delighted to have John and James with us today. John, can I start by asking you to introduce yourself, please, and tell us a bit about your company? Of course, and and thanks, first of all, for the opportunity of uh, joining the podcast today. Uh, My name is John, John Rastrick. I'm the CEO and founder of Flotilla. Uh, Flotilla is a climate technology platform. Um, We established the business in 2019. My background is I was a lawyer for many years, and don't don't judge me for that. And then I moved into um, investments in private equity, and I, I, I left that market in 2019 primarily because I wanted to establish and found a business that helped businesses to set um, a strategy for implementing climate action, but one that worked for them, one that was affordable, one that was efficient, one that was simple to adopt, but was really, really high quality. So that was the goal that we set ourselves. We're now three, four years into the journey and uh, yeah, enjoying working with lots of high quality founders, entrepreneurs and CEOs run their businesses and help take impactful climate action. Fantastic. Thanks very much, John and James. Uh, good afternoon. My name is James Rycroft. I'm a, a founding member of the the Outstanding Society. Uh, but for the purpose of the of this podcast, um, I run Vida Healthcare, and we have specialist care people living with dementia up here in sunny Harrogate. And we have recently embarked, uh, coming out of the pandemic, um, we've recently embarked on creating a a, a sustainability strategy. But actually. What we found initially was one. It was a, it was, we were slightly concerned about it because we didn't actually know how to approach it. We didn't know how it looked. We didn't know what it meant. We were concerned that it would cost us money. And just coming straight out of the pandemic and all the pressures that social care and healthcare has has suffered, you know, it was it was a difficult thing to get our head round. But as I'm sure John will say. It's so important, and as the CQC are now bringing in under their one of their quality statements, you know we're now being regulated for this, and it's uh, it's important that we we all engage in it, as I say, both ethically and for the the future to future proof our businesses. Can I just stay with you there for a minute, James? You know, you, you've said about sustainability, but what does that actually mean to you as a provider? What does it cover? Because I think a lot of the time there's a lot of misconception. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that's what we had at the start of this, this whole net zero thing that the government are talking about and the target for 2050. You know, what does that look like for me and my business? And the initial thing was, it's going to cost me money. It's going to cost me a lot of money. It means that I have to put massive solar panels on my roof and and uh, live off grid effectively. But actually, what the most important thing is is one to 
walk very slowly into this and understand what it is. And what we did uh, is started to implement some very basic things because it's the small things that really do mount up. So you might say, for example, let's go paperless as a business. It's not an easy thing to do overnight, and I think that's the other thing. This is a slow process, and it doesn't happen overnight, but it's about embedding it in the culture of your business, as I've said, and in their staff. So it's the small things like turning the lights off when you use the room, that lose the room, turning the heating down by a single you know, degree, uh, managing your food waste, uh, encouraging people to car share, uh, introducing technologies which actually make your business more efficient. So um, at the stage that we're at, we're looking at actually saving costs as opposed to imposing costs on the business. And once we found that out, one, it was quite liberating and exciting. It makes the workforce feel good. Um, and we know when the workforce feels good, um, um, you know, retention uh, kicks in. And, and our retention rates at Vida Healthcare now are down to 4%, which is, you know, I'm very, very pleased about. I can't say is that because of our sustainability uh, strategy, but it certainly does count. And I know that there's evidence out there that certainly on the younger generation between kind of 18 to 34, there's really strong evidence that, you know, people really do care about uh, their company's ethical approach to sustainability and their strategy towards that. In fact, so much so that they may even leave if you're seen as not being, as not caring about it. And I found that quite profound. I think that's quite interesting. And, and John, just thinking about not just social care, but but for any company, really, your thoughts around retention, recruitment, and what it means for, for companies in the teams working within them? It's, it's a really enormous issue. Um, we typically um, help businesses measure their carbon footprints, but we also survey their employees as part of the process. It takes less than five minutes, and we also ask them attitudinal questions about their appetite to work for businesses that have sustainable strategies, their appetite to take responsibility in delivering those strategies. And actually, you know, from surveying thousands and thousands of employees now, we're, we're seeing that you know, there's usually sort of high 80s, 90% um, take up for individuals wanting to take personal accountability for delivering sustainable strategies within their organizations. And that that is staggering, you know, and, and you sit there and you look at the leadership team once you see those statistics and everybody says, gosh, you know, this is this imperative that we do this. If we want to recruit and retain the best talent across many sectors, we see it in professional services, we see it in uh, technology, we see it in lots of businesses that are related to facilities and in healthcare and care. Consistent themes that this is really, really important. But just picking up another point that James raised, which I think is pivotal here is, you know, people look at this, complex geopolitical challenge of climate change they just go gosh it's, it's just too hard isn't it it's too hard to, to on on it on top of all of our responsibilities in, in terms of running purpose-led businesses taking responsibility and care for key individuals can we do this as well right i think you know james's point is so valid you know this is capable of being done in a very manageable way um you know, reducing carbon fundamentally is reducing cost so, you know, businesses that are heavily energy intensive with high energy bills, with facilities that have, you know, buildings that are run constantly 24-7, with workforce that needs to be there 24-7 as well, that commute to the businesses and come away from the businesses. There's huge opportunities 
to drive cost reductions and get that win-win of both driving efficiency through their operations, enhancing their underlying business to provide better quality care, but also to attract and retain best talent. And I think for me, you know, the fundamental takeaway is, look, if you're wanting to reach net zero, net zero is sort of looking at generating emissions cuts, ideally by 50% by 2030 and 90% by 2050, you're actually looking at reducing your, your, your carbon footprint by roughly 7.5% per annum. It is very, very doable with picking, you know, four or five key actions which which can make the biggest difference. And you now we've got clients that are in um, it, 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 that are that are life science businesses that that work in 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 large institutions, and they've brought on board um, building management systems across their entities, and they've saved three hundred thousand pounds in their energy bills in the first year. And you put that alongside the impact of that carbon reduction from taking those steps. And you absolutely have something fundamental that's really attractive to our audience and it's getting people on board and uh, with the regulation coming i feel and I, you know i know james feels the same way there's, there's an ability to sort of show sector leadership and evidence that if you go early with these measures and not you know bite off more than you can chew just you know do the right things in the right order and measure the impact of those of those decisions you can really evidence uh, to your teams to your clients so everybody involved, your stakeholders in particular, which we'll come on and talk about, that there's a real advantage that you benefit from by by taking those steps and moving forward. I, th I think that's great. And, and, and I think you said about sector leadership and being ahead of the game. I know that you mentioned, you know, four to five actions, but, but James, coming back to you, a lot of it is around the culture and involving the teams as well to make small changes. Can you just expand a bit on that, please? Yeah, I can. I think it's probably worth also stating just before we carry on, whilst it's on my mind, is to uh, just read out, if I may, the quality statement that the CQC are, are bringing in, uh, which says, we understand any negative impact of our activities on the environment and we strive to make a positive contribution in reducing it and support people to do the same. So, you know, as John was saying, you know, it, it's not, a difficult process to get involved with this and it's certainly not an expensive one it can be as your business grows and you can implement all sorts of different levels of uh, of cost um, but ultimately it's not something we should be afraid of it's something we should embrace and it's something actually now that we have to embrace and we have to embrace it because we are now going to be regulated on it so we have to we have to just go for it and get involved in it and i think in terms of the different things that we implement we've started by you know talking to staff as john was saying you talk to staff and you embed that thing yeah you, you embed the culture but you know i'm amazed to hear that 80 90 percent of staff are on board well half the battles won if that's the case because you know you're talking it, it, it's an easy fight then you know it's, an, it's a fight that you're going to win because if i say please be be conscious of printing there's an element of, oh, it's, I just prefer to read it off a piece of paper than a screen. Well, we need to stop that. Um, and it sounds a really simple thing, but you spread that over 365 days in a year over how many people are using printers or maybe even printing care plans. Can you imagine the paper that you can save? Switching lights off at night, switching air conditioning, which is my bugbear, off at night. Even trialing, turning down, as I mentioned before, just the heating by a degree, uh, focusing on food and not 
uh, reducing your waste management because the the waste if you reduce your wage uh, waste management uh, you then start to understand the exact amounts that you need to order so you have efficient ordering and therefore less order orders coming through so the knock-on effect of that is the transportation impact on the environment of those people delivering to your company and i'm actually not just talking about food i'm talking about your supplies is there a way that you can bulk order as opposed to do smaller orders and many of them do one big one because the knock-on effect down the supply chain is good as well and you might get economies of scale for that order now i do appreciate all of these things have to be fine-tuned to your business because you might not have storage space for example uh, they're all of these things but there is something uh, that every single building an operator can do to start improving themselves somebody mentioned the other day that they use water butts uh, so they take the water off the roof and they feed their gardens with it. How simple could that possibly be to create free water? Um, so it's more of a philosophy and, uh, and an ethos to embed. And is it is it part of it's not just your internal team? You mentioned about transportation costs for supplies, etc. Do you look at your contractors now and look at whether they're a sustainable company? Does it go as far as that now as well? Yeah, it, it certainly does. Um, you know, we, we're starting to we, we're starting out on this journey. So, look, you know, I can't um, say that we're doing everything and we're perfect. We're not. But as I said earlier, we're walking slowly um, and, you know, we are looking at our ordering processes and trying to make them more efficient. But, yeah, we need to start looking at, uh, you know, our suppliers and how they operate and what their sustainability uh, strategies are and to maybe even condense our uh, supply base to those people that are on board with these strategies so where would somebody start if somebody's listening to this podcast how did your journey together begin well as i say i uh actually i was sent uh, a document by a bank and this document was all about esg or sustainability uh, and I thought that's a, that's a strange thing for a bank to solely focus on. And it got me thinking. And then I started to read into it a lot more and started going, apparently social care are considerably behind many other industries, mainly due to the fact that we're so busy and we've also just had to endure the pandemic, et cetera. So we're way behind in that respect for all those reasons, which are justified. But it actually started to uh, impact on me when people were saying, well, you know, the banks look at loaning to companies more favorably if they have a net zero strategy. I was like, I've never heard that before. And then I know John. So we started to talk about it. And finally, uh, you know, very recently, we've just sort of got together and said, look, I, I need some help now because I don't know how this looks and I don't know how to lay it out and I don't know how to implement it in more than what we're trying to do. So I felt like I was kind of playing at it. And that's why I need personally someone like John to hold my hand through this and, and, and make it more of an exact science. Yeah, and I think um, from, from our side, just picking up a couple of points on the, on the banking side, it's really interesting. So from you know gener generating investment and looking at investment you know, within the market, there's a huge um, direction that's coming from asset managers, coming from banks to support um, 
setting sustainable strategies. In fact, the, the banks are offering margin reductions on loans if you have key KPIs that have you reducing your footprint in line with science-based targets. And you know, so there's elements like that. Furthermore, you know, businesses that are looking for funding from equity houses or REITs, again, you know, they're looking at the quality of the facilities, they're looking at the EPC levels, they're looking at the fundamental nature of those buildings, and they're looking at the leadership in terms of action that they're taking in terms of sustainability as well. So there's 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 commercial benefits in terms of valuation of businesses, valuations of sites, uh, facilities that are available, and, and and so these themes are, are 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 things that we come across all all the time. Um, I think the thing that we thought was missing within the market was simple and affordable solutions for SMEs through to you know UK private companies. You know. The, this has been led by the enterprise market, supported by major international consultants or big accountancy firms who charge huge numbers. And we just felt, you know, there needed to be a solution that was available, that was affordable and easy to adopt. So, you know, our solutions range from, you know, 200 pounds a month, uh, your reports are very affordable and they are very detailed and robust reports whereby you get certifications and you get reports that enable you to, to get take the benefit of these facilities, but measure the action that you're taking. I think this is a really important theme. You, know, you can take all these actions, but you actually don't know whether you are use, you have the data to, to understand the impact of the reduction in your carbon footprint. And our, and our methodology is to do that. Secondly, you know, I think, um, speaking on behalf of James, but using the technology platform that we have really enables it to be very slick and very easy to, to work with. So everyone's so busy you know inputting data very efficiently and getting a report and then having access to tools and platforms that enable you to be able to choose the actions you take and then just let them happen is hugely advantageous and i think that simplicity and not being overwhelmed is really important the final thing i wanted to say and i just think this is a pure honest view which is everybody is in the foothills of this journey you know it's very hard to make really informed educated intelligent decisions about what you should do that works for you commercially works for you for your purpose like care but also works in terms of sustainability so yeah finding a, an affordable solution that gives you best advice where you think it's pragmatic it works and it's affordable is is, is, is a valuable thing to look for whether it's Bluntly us a flotilla or somewhere else there are options out there that you know means you can do the right thing and you can make it work for your business and i think you know, we are all in the foothills of this journey, but, you know, gaining that support is an important step to take. I totally agree, John. And I think, you know, people starting out as well, you know, this ask peers, ask people around you, ask people in different sectors and different businesses what they do and pick up hints and tips. You know, that's what we've been doing. Um, but I think what you've just hit on, John, is in terms of the CQC, you know, there's this saying, if it if it ain't written down, it's never happened. You know, we need to document as a sector, we need to document every single thing that we do in our uh, working days and our operation. So, you know, what you're offering uh, and what other people offer is it gives us that evidence and it gives us that uh, that structure to to what we're talking about. You know, it's all very well me sat here going, oh, yeah, we, we don't print as much as we used to do. I, I, I can't I can't really prove that at the moment. I just can see it in my accounts. Um, so I need I need a real structured approach to it. And I think that's what, you know, Flotilla or whatever, you know, um, company is out there that's uh, 
that, that offers this service will do for you and that's that's really important going forward and i think it's it's new to us as a as a sector it's new to us as a regulation um so i'm hoping that this podcast sort of embeds that and gets people interested in it i i, I certainly think it will james and and i know that you attended a roundtable event recently with the cqc around sustainability and because we know it's high on their agenda now at the, at the care show that we've got in october in birmingham we've actually got a session that you're leading on called the green-eyed monster green is the way forward are you on the right path to meet the new cqc single assessment framework and I think you've even got skills to care on that panel because they're developing resources as well. So, so it really is in the forefront of, of what people are thinking. And on the back of that as well, I don't know whether you want to talk a bit about um, the, our new website. We're going to actually have a page dedicated to sustainability and it's going to be about signposting to different organisations and, and some top tips at, at what companies can do. We've always said, haven't we, in the, in the OS, James, it's about taking away golden nuggets of information mm. and I don't know what you what you both feel about you know how that how that could look like and um you know what what the future is what we can do maybe at the April care show around sustainability well I think what um we should be doing via the outstanding society is sort of clearing the way you know you jump into this whole subject and as John said you know we're all sort of in the foothills of this at the moment it's all a bit new it's all a bit it's all a bit overwhelming actually at times and you don't know which way to go so i think what the page um on the os website needs to do is, is just give some as you say pointers and to sort of clear the way and kind of put it into sections so that people can understand it and not be frightened of it uh, that's absolutely right. And I think yeah, it's knocking down the perceived barriers to make people take in action. I think, you know, it's it's providing the solutions and the access to the tools and the you know, content that enables you to go, ah, okay, there's a track record here that someone else has done that's worked for them. I can cherry pick from that that's going to, what's going to work for me. And I think that's really, really important. And secondly, just enabling and empowering, you know, those business owners to look at that and say, right, how can I utilize this for good? You know, how can I use it for good in terms of evidencing what I'm doing uh, in terms of climate change, but also highlighting you know, what it's done and what it means for my for my business. And I think you know, energy is a massive pinch point, isn't it? You know, we've had a huge increase in energy costs. It's a major part of the cost base for care groups. You know, just sharing um, experiences and access to really high quality providers of green tariffs that are you know affordable and work looking at simple reduction uh, methodologies to those energy costs whether it's as, as james has said you know looking at insulation looking at lighting looking at just you know, air conditioning units that james referenced james referenced you'd be surprised it's one of the largest emitters that you could have these air conditioning units particularly leaking air conditioning units is staggering in terms of carbon footprints so there's tools like that and then yeah, what actually is happening within the sector in terms of when I, when I am ready to reinvest in uh, technology to support um, green energy, what is the return on the investment that I can expect to see? Is it palatable? Does it work? Is it compelling? And I think there's areas like that that we can really support with. And then tips and tricks, tricks, you know, in terms of commute and travel and support, um, car sharing, um, cycling to work schemes, all these sorts of things. That, you know, there's lots of really good ideas. 
And the, and the, and the other, the final theme is, you know, it's the sum of the parts that's going to make the difference. You know, it may feel that some of these things are trivial, but actually it's the sum of everybody taking steps together en masse and driving change, which materially reduces footprints, but drives cultural change. It's really exciting that you know, business owners and entrepreneurs can lead in this area you know it's, it, who's going to step up and be counted at this point and i think it's 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 leaders that step up and be counted and when you sort of sat on your rocking chair in you know a few years time you're looking back at your career i think this is going to be something that you're going to be really proud of is which is stepping up at a pivotal point in you know in our history to find the time to do the right things at the right point and you know I, what i love about these sorts of conversations is you, you, you know you're leaning in on talking to senior people about their values and what matters to them and that's a lovely lovely area of debate and conversation it's a privilege to be part of when we have that thank thank you very much john for for giving that fantastic summary for us and if i can come across to you james now to to summarize and say what would be the next steps for somebody just starting on the sustainability journey well i think firstly is don't panic you know uh this is nowhere near as hard a journey as I thought it might be. It's nowhere near, well, it's not expensive. In fact, actually what you're looking at doing is the opposite. And you, you're, especially in the cost of living crisis that we're going through and the energy crisis and all of those economical influences on our businesses at the moment, which make life harder. This is an opportunity to really understand how you operate and analyze every aspect of it, make it more efficient, save some money and there's only positives in all of this. You just need to be able to see the wood for the trees and not be scared of it. A great, insightful podcast. Thank you very much to James and John for talking about sustainability today. Thank, Thank you. you. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company. It's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.